0: The Ryla Cast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla Rotary District 5,810. My name's Greg Tepper, uh, and sitting in another room, uh, presumably sitting in front of a microphone, he's back, folks, po- back by popular demand. He's the man they call Josie,
1: Andrew Utz. Well, hello, Greg. I'm um, back. I um, missed
0: you last week. <laughs> I, I or- missed you. Like last episode, it was, it was, um, there's nothing that makes you feel, uh, weirder than just talking to yourself (laughs) in your office into a microphone. Um, I can't do it. Like I'm a professional talker and monologues are not my thing.
1: You did a great job. I, I did actually listen to that episode, um, because I was, I wasn't sure what you said about me to be completely honest. (laughs) So I wanted to be. I appreciate
0: your candor. You're like, I'm checking in to make sure he's not subtweeting me. <laughs> um well I, I tried not to. I tried not to slander you while you weren't here, but uh would you like to um would you like to take issue with anything that I said in the last podcast? Here we go, let's just do it.
1: Yeah, just the gloves are off. Yeah. Um no, I did well, yes, I do have an issue. Ooh. the uh the antiquated way of telling people about how to listen to the podcast rolled off your tongue a little bit too quickly if uh, i'm being totally ugh. honest
0: i i got to be honest it, it felt it felt bad it felt it it really did feel like um saying somebody else's line like in a play you know what i mean it's like no no, yeah. no no no, wait i'm supposed to like i'm not supposed to or like singing the wrong like part of a song um it felt like this is not mine like i don't know what i'm doing here if so um i'm glad you're back if only for that reason um well, because well, thank you th- because that's a real skill that i do not have um <laughs> But I'm glad you're back, buddy. This is the uh, the Ryla cast, the official podcast, Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk with our friend. Well, she's your friend. I don't know if she'd claim me as a friend, uh, but uh, she's definitely your friend. Um, that's not true. Jessica, like the audience's with- friend. Yeah, the audience's friend. I would say everyone's friend. <laughs> everyone's uh, friend. Jessica Mays will join us. We will talk to her about whether or not she's going to talk her fiance into taking her name uh, and other uh, Rila adjacent things coming up here in just a little bit. But first, Josie, um, because you took the week off, um, you know, sunning yourself. Yes. Um, I, I presume that's what you were doing. I, I Very tan.
1: Very um, tan.
0: I, I, because of that, your penance here is that you've got the big segment. And so, here with the big segment of the RylaCast is Josie.
1: Well, thank you, Greg. Um, yes, the the big segment. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple things. I'm going to lead off with uh, a book called The Power of Bad. It's the Power of Bad, like B-A-D? Like B-A-D. the Michael Jackson's album? It's it's It's... Uh, like the Michael Jackson album, yes, but actually has nothing to do with Michael Jackson. <laughs> unfortunately, I, I was going to say if it was like if it was like
0: a like an oral history of the of the Michael Jackson <laughs> album, bad. I'd be like in. <laughs>
2: like
1: yes, I'm 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 ready for this big segment. Um, unfortunately, not. This is a, a boring book about um, the the work of noted psychologist Roy. Bomeester. I'm confident I'm butchering his name. Um, John Tierney and Roy Bowmeester. And I highly recommend the book uh, or audiobook, but basically it talks about how negativity controls our lives um, and how it's more negativity is, is popular in that it's kind of what our brains gravitate towards. And I just thought it was interesting. One of the, the points in the book is it takes four positive thoughts or positive things to offset a negative thought. Mm-hmm. So four negative thoughts are four times as powerful as a positive thought, hmm. um, which is just something to think about. And that's the big segment. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> just-
0: <laughs> No, I think that, 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 that is an interesting kind of bit of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh algebra right right you right know? I think that's and 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 it makes sense though it makes sense because like I can remember like in my line of work I can remember the things that people said that were negative about my work much more vividly than I can remember the positive things
1: it, exactly and that's that's what the book talks about is you know good things happen all the time um but are just not as remembered or as noticeable, uh, which actually brings me to my second point, And it's a good little segue, Greg, it's uh,
0: chimpanzee riding on a segue.
1: <laughs> now that's stuck in my head forever. Um, the imposter syndrome. Are you familiar with that? I am. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. So, so let me, let me, let me quiz you here for a moment. And for those listening, the, an imposter Imposter syndrome is, is basically where you feel like a fraud and like, like you're an imposter living your own life. Um, and I got to thinking, so I know we're going to talk to Jessica here in a minute in camper year of 2015. Uh, do you remember Greg, all the jobs you've had after college? Um,
0: yeah, I do. I remember all the jobs I've had after college.
1: Is it is it more than one?
0: It is more than one. I have had more than one job after college. Although I've had the same, I've worked at the same place for now eleven years.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, but I'm maybe, old,
0: so that doesn't count.
1: <laughs> maybe this is selfish of me, uh, because I got to thinking about all the jobs I've had after college. Mm-hmm. And for those who are unfamiliar. I am currently a railroad uh, designer, for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah, you're a you're a you're a bona fide certified choo-choo man.
1: Bona fide certified choo-choo man. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of talking about this imposter syndrome from a uh, selfish standpoint, but I I think it's beneficial to. Well, I'll. If I can get more selfish, it, it would have been helpful for me um, earlier in my career to know that someone else kind of f- feels or has felt the same way that I felt
2: um, mm-hmm. after
1: college. Um, I needed a job. Uh, and my dad was a safety consultant for trucking companies. Okay. And the, the cool thing about not having a job after college is <laughs> you need to live somewhere um and (laughs) you need money to live somewhere hypothetically and uh, my parents were like hey you can come live at home and my dad said uh you're not living at home for free uh I'm gonna you can work for me I was like great every every kid's dream um (laughs) and I worked for the first couple months after school as a safety director for a trucking company hauling hazardous materials okay which is, is terrifying when i say those words out loud what really i was doing was um was filing some papers and things
0: okay i was gonna but, say i was like honestly that feels like they have like you're playing with live live ammunition there <laughs> right right you know what it, i mean it's like <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I, I was not, I was not at all doing that, but it was one of those things like a, a, a little resume builder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it really, uh, I, I drove down to Houston, um, every Sunday worked in Houston for five days and then drove back, which allowed me a lot of time to think about myself and how mm-hmm. my engineering degree got me nowhere closer to engineering. Um, those first few months out of, out of college. And I really thought, like, what am I doing? Hmm. Uh, but it it allowed me um, to really get a peek into the real world, and the real world is just full of people. So, so this imposter syndrome—that is
0: a fact. It is in <laughs> fact full of people. Lots that of is them. A,
1: a fact. Lots of people also feeling like frauds. If I'm being honest, um, yes. So, so just a a few, a few thoughts from personal experience about how to face those imposter feelings. Um, I highly recommend just throwing yourself out of your comfort zone, which kind of allows you to free fall for a little bit Mm -hmm. until you, you kind of get your feet on the ground and start moving forward with what you know you can do. And that's kind of recognize your expertise and you know, if you're starting out in a career or just changing careers, I know, um, you know, Justin, man of many mm-hmm. talents, um, has a couple irons in the fire, and it was really eye-opening to hear his podcast. Uh, but you know, if you recognize your expertise and really hone what you do well, then that allows you to to seek feedback from your mentors, and really, that that's the point that I personally felt like I was moving forward as opposed to just falling or, or standing still. Um, and as long as you remember what you do well, as you move forward and ask questions and turn into this sponge, soaking up all of this information from whatever experience you're having, then you're going to realize pretty quickly that nobody's perfect and everybody's just kind of trying their best out here. Mhm. And that really allows you to change your thinking in from an imposter syndrome to, hey, you know, I'm doing my job really well, whatever this. If you don't know what your job description is, that's where that find a mentor and talk to a mentor comes in. Um, but I just thought that, uh, that this big segment really... Mm-hmm was, was ripe for this. Do you feel like a fraud? And I'm going to talk directly to that person that feels like a fraud today. (laughs)
0: This is like, this is like a, yeah, that's like a, it's like an infomercial. It's like, do you feel like a fraud? Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I think that you're spot on. And I wrote down as you were talking, I wrote down a few different things. One of them was that there are, there are no, nobody, When you are looking at other people's paths, they all look like straight lines, Mm. like all of them. They all look like, man, like uh, that guy who's the CEO of the company, like he just went straight there. He's a 35 year old CEO of a company like, geez, he's got the corner office like, geez, like and and look at me. I promise you, I promise you everyone's path is like zigzags and going the wrong way and like mm-hmm. asking for directions and things like that like nobody has a straight a straight path whether it's in your career whether it's in your personal life whether it's just your personal development nobody has a straight path um you mentioned it but there are a lot of people out there who feel like frauds that are putting on a front like most people <laughs> <laughs> like i hate yes. like I hate to, I hate to, like, let me just give away the game of being an adult. Cause I know we have some young listeners here. Uh, hi, how are you? Let me just give away the game. Rounding up. Everyone is faking it. Everyone. Like yep. if you just round up, like that is, there's, there's just a lot of people who are just trying their best, putting their head down. Uh, my dad taught me a long time ago that, um, if you just act like, you know what you're doing, that is almost as good as knowing what you're doing.
1: Yes. That is Uh, tremendous advice.
0: It just honestly just say it's so my line of work. Here's a perfect example. So football is about to get going. And so like I have to read highlights on 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 the air sometimes and there will be names on the uh, what they call the shot sheet, which is the uh, basically whatever like the 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 written out words of what's going to happen in the highlight that you have to read yeah, we're not making that up, by the way. That's written for us. Um, and and there will be names that I have no idea what they are. But like, if you want to know how you do it, you just say it quickly and confidently. <laughs> that's what you do. You just, go, you just go, oh, that's a great tackle by Halapulavati Vaitai. It's really impressive. You know, you just say it. Yeah. You know? Uh yeah. but there's a lot more people like that than I prom- like I promise you than than you think there are. You think that's the worst part of imposter syndrome is you think you're the only person with it, but like everyone has it.
1: And like yeah, and and that when you're feeling that way, like that's the time that you think that 33 you you really focus on the the 28-year-old CEO or the 30-year-old mm-hmm. CEO and you forget about all the people who who's career were were made in the you know when they were 40 and 50 mm-hmm. and 60 um yeah and it's you know being an adult is hard enough and uh, you don't need to add add that hardship onto yourself uh, by feeling like a fraud because you're not a fraud there The are, only
0: yeah you are not a fraud i promise you yeah um the only other thing i wrote down was um you were talking about being a safety uh coordinator for uh for a, tr- a trucking company, um, you know who the most famous safety technician at a nuclear power plant of all time is, right?
1: Oh man, is it a president?
0: No, it's Homer Simpson.
1: Homer Homer Simpson
0: is Homer Simpson is the uh, <laughs> is the head of safety at a uh, at a uh, what is it? It's Homer Simpson job. Um okay. he's a, he's a nuclear safety inspector, um, there at the Springfield power plant. So like you thought of like you mentioned you're like oh my gosh like I'm the safety, I'm the safety supervisor for this trucking company that's bringing hazardous material and I'm like well he's better than homer.
1: I would trust you more than homer. <laughs> that's 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 a, a the low bar that I I think I'm happy to clear.
0: Yeah, we did it. Um you did it. Josie, that was an excellent segment. Thanks for well, doing thanks, that. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Um we are uh and now without further ado We're going to get to our guest. Uh, We are so pleased to be joined uh, by Jessica Mays. She's going to talk a little bit about uh, all things going on in her world. Here's our conversation with Jessica Mays here on the RylaCast. Oh, Josie.
1: Oh, Greg.
0: Um, You know, we here at the RylaCast, we're very discerning about our guests. Um, we, we, We sift through thousands upon thousands of applicants to be guests on the Rylocast. So it's a real treat uh, to be able to be joined uh, by uh, by a tough book. This is a
1: tough book mm-hmm. for us. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: uh, we had to go through her agents, but we, we finally got through the right representation. We are joined now by our friend, Jessica Mays. Hi, Jessica.
2: Hello. I'm happy to be here.
0: This is like also one of your last interviews is Jessica Mays.
2: <laughs> it is. Well yeah 14 Wait, months you,
0: well I guess I guess uh, well we can start there so you are engaged you got engaged at camp
2: I am I'm engaged to a fellow Railarian.
0: and well, congratulations. Yes, he proposed
2: thank you <laughs> and he proposed yes at camp um around all of our favorite people
0: um so are you gonna take his name or is he gonna take your name
2: you know, I'm really still working on him taking mine. I'm trying to convince him, but I don't think I'm going to win.
0: We we here at the Rylacath, and Josie. I don't want to necessarily speak for you, but we want to fight the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and so, I think it would be really progressive if Tanner became Tanner Mays.
2: I think it would too. And I let's be honest, like Logston versus Mays, Mays is just so much easier. <sighs>
1: Yeah. And if 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 this could speak to Tanner's, I can just feel his eyes rolling. Tanner <laughs> Mays, I believe, is already like a bona fide football name, like ah. Coach Mays. You know, yeah, that uh-huh. just rolls off the tongue a lot easier.
0: Yeah, it's a good. Coach I agree. Name. Yeah, it is. Um, well, that's all we wanted to talk to you about. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Jessica. Uh, we will we will start this interview the way that we start most of these interviews uh, by asking you: Can you tell the folks at home uh, your Ryla story?
2: Yeah. Um, so my Ryla story starts back in 2015. Um, I had never heard of Rotary or Ryla or anything to do with it um, prior to being asked to apply for camp, and I was in student council at Rowlett High School and our um, student council president at the time had gone to camp and he mentioned to a couple of us like, hey, you should apply for this program. It's really great. I had no idea what it was. Um, I started to look into it and all I saw was videos of people yelling and getting pulled out of cars and like the chaos that is camp. Um, and I was like, this is crazy, but I'll apply. Um, so I did and I got selected. Um, I actually went to camp. I arrived on my 18th birthday and to this day, I would have never spent that birthday any other way. But as an 18 year old, you're like, why am I spending my birthday walking into a room of strangers? Um, not like knowing what to expect. I have to give up my phone. Um, and within, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, I was already making friends and it was already amazing. Um, so I then came back to camp in 2016 as an assistant counselor with the one and only Cat Kuzmeskas. Um, and I served in that role and then I came back in following years on alumni staff doing various, you know, behind the scenes things. Um, when Camp stopped, and we had to go to the online platform Riley. I helped a little bit in that um, aspect, helping with scholarships and just kind of wherever they needed us to keep something Rila happening. Um, and then when we finally got to go back in person this past year, I was a first-year counselor, and so I got to be back in a cabin with a bunch of high school kids. Um, and just experience camp from a whole different perspective, and kind of learn new things that I didn't even realize I didn't know being in that role
1: so you've sorry i'm uh i got I got hooked on way back in twenty fifteen and was following your story, <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah this these
0: these interviews will humble you quick. Yeah.
1: um so so. it feels
2: like a long time ago but it really wasn't
1: (laughs) so so what do you do now jessica
2: Um, so yeah so i am an audit associate with kpmg um one of the big four accounting firms and so i've been with them for um i'm just coming up on a year starting that career
1: and how would you say you use what you learned at Ryla now, whether it's, you know, something from a camper or you've been involved with, uh, with the program for several years now. So how would you use, how would you say you use Ryla in your everyday career?
2: Mm-hmm. I would say that the biggest thing is that both Ryla and the accounting profession are very humbling. Um, so I'm not sure how familiar, you know, most people are with the accounting profession, but the best way I would describe it is our career is very stair-step. And so um, just when you start to kind of get the hang of things, you either get promoted to the next level or you get moved on to a new client. Um, You never really get set in like a routine or anything staying the same. And so it's very similar to Ryla in that you never know what you're going to get. You never know what role you're going to get at camp. You never know what the campers are going to be like, even if, I mean, from talking to other counselors, you always get a different group of kids. And so it's very humbling and it it makes you realize that even when things are really confusing and chaotic, I think it's kind of helped me know that I can still do it. And with that, um, it Ryla has taught me that you, you should never be afraid to ask other people Um, for advice, for help, for guidance. Um, Everyone at Ryla is always so willing to jump in and give you that. And it can be really scary to take that into the real world and ask for that advice like in your job. But I think that Ryla and the people at Ryla gave me the courage and the understanding that I still needed to do that.
0: Okay, so you mentioned that you were a, a first time counselor this year. I, I've never been a counselor. Uh, Josie, have you ever been a cabin counselor? Uh, I have. Yes. Oh, see, I don't think I knew that. But let's just let's let's exclude Jessica for a moment and, and de- do a deep dive into that. <laughs> um, tell me all that. No, um, but but you were a counselor for the first time uh, this past year, and I'm interested in in how that experience may be contrasted with your past. Uh, Ryle experiences, which basically was just like riding around a golf cart with me.
2: <laughs> yes, it was very different, much more exhausting. Um, I don't think that I fully understood what our counselor leads meant when they said that you never get a second to yourself and you will be so much more tired. But now that I've gone through it, it's 100% true. Um, and I... I don't feel that far removed from high school kids. Like I'm not that much older than them, but they have so much more energy than me. And it made me feel like so inadequate. Um, but I would say you just get to see a very different side of camp. When when you're behind the scenes, you kind of see this overarching what's going on. And, you know, you may not always be in the facilitations or um, like in the nitty gritty of what's going on, because you're setting up the next thing. But when you're in that cabin with the campers, you really get to almost experience camp again, like when you were a camper, like you get to go through all of the activities, but you get to watch it from the outside. And it's really fun because you get to kind of look at the campers and you're like, you pick out the one and you're like, Oh, yeah, that was totally me when I was a camper. Like I resonate with that. Um, And you also get to build much more personal relationships with the campers. And so getting to spend those like late nights having debriefs with them or the camper that comes and wants to talk to you at the end of the night and, you know, talk about something totally trivial or go into some deep conversation, you, you get to understand them a little bit more. And I think it's a really helpful perspective also to then take, if you were to not be a counselor or to take back to people who are behind the scenes and kind of say like, Hey, I know we've been doing this, but you know, this is how the campers are responding or the campers really loved this. Um, You just, you get a lot more insight into kind of what they're thinking and feeling.
1: Okay, Jessica. So
2: (laughs) Jersey.
1: student council at Rowlett uh-huh. and I believe we're, we're coming up on on the 10 minute mark of this interview and this might be the longest I've gone talking to an Aggie graduate without mentioning oh Texas A&M God.
2: <sighs>
1: so, so I'm gonna bring it up um what what was that like going you know you you've talked about your experience at camp um mm-hmm. I'm not sure the school size of Rowlett, but I imagine it's much smaller than, uh, than Texas A&M. So, yes. So what was that like going to a university of that size?
2: You know, I thought when I was in high school that Rowlett was very big because um, it was a 5A and then a 6A um, when they did the changes. And in my mind, I was like, yes, I go to such a big school. And like you said, Texas A&M is massive in proportion. Um there is such a broad range of people and clubs and classes. Like there's just so much going on. Um and it was kind of overwhelming at first, but I'm biased, but and A M is amazing. And I think that they do a really good job of trying to kind of have a little bit of everything. Um, and so it really was pretty easy if you if you put in the effort you really could find like your niche group whether that be people who have similar major to you or people just who have similar interests and you join a club with them um, but it's definitely daunting and I would walk through roulette and you couldn't go you know five feet down the hall and not see someone that you knew fairly well and then. I go to Texas A&M and I could go an entire day walking across campus and not see a familiar face. Um, So it was very, very different.
0: I I think that, you know, we like this podcast to be reflective of uh, just the camp as a whole. But the the one place where we really uh, do not fit is uh, it's a Mizzou grad and a Clemson (laughs) grad (laughs) hosting the Ryla podcast. And that's like, and it, it like all we do is interview Aggies. It's Just like this is the whole the that's whole podcast. True. Is I mean, basically, it's, you Aggies know. are
2: great, and there's a lot of Aggies at Ryla, I feel like
0: there. Oh no, th- there are a lot of Aggies. There's a lot of <laughs> whooping. Uh, I think you realize how much whooping there is whenever you're the person not doing the whooping. Like and yeah, I've that's never, fair. I, yeah, I've never whooped because that would uh, that would get me in trouble. I know.
2: Well, you should try it sometime. Mm, it's really know. fun.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it is. It looks fun, but I also um I also know some Aggies who would be very mad if if I if I were to whoop. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to hold off, you know? <laughs> That's
1: fair. Yeah, better to play it safe there. <laughs> uh well, we we are at the time in the podcast interview where we ask our guest to plug something. So the the forum is yours, Jessica, to take it away.
2: Yes. Um, so, so bear with me, cause I'm going to plug this and I feel like I might get a laugh out of it, but childhood Jessica is going to love me for it. And I'm going to plug the Shania Twain documentary that just came out. Um, what? For two... Yes, <laughs> I know. I Greg's knew I was just learning get... about
1: the Shania Twain documentary, picking up a it... pen.
2: Yes. Seriously. Go watch it. Um, one, because I was obsessed with her as a child and had every album and just like my parents have so many videos of me singing Shania Twain, but also I, I think that it's not as easy to realize. And I honestly didn't even know a lot of the stuff that Shania Twain had gone through um, throughout her career and her childhood. And the amount of adversity that she went through is, absolutely insane um and to realize where she got to after that and how successful she was and how much she just kept pushing and she wasn't going to give up um it it was really cool to watch and to hear it from her perspective
0: okay so where is the where is this shania twain documentary
2: it's on netflix
0: Okay, Netflix. It's so Am good. Writing that down. Um, there's now two documentaries on Netflix I have to watch. The other one is going to be less fun. Um, <laughs> I think Josie knows which one I'm talking about too. I'm not uh, sure. Have you? You haven't watched the Manti Te'o
1: documentary? Oh no, I have not. Uh, I gotta I gotta write that down.
0: Okay. Mm. Um, final question for you, um, Jessica Mays. Um, yes. You, you. We mentioned that off the top that you are now engaged. Um, you got okay. engaged at camp. Um, to, to Tanner, who is a a boy you met. Um, (laughs) My question is a loaded one, which is how is wedding planning going?
2: (laughs) You know, it's going really well now we're making some progress. Um, We were moving over the summer. And so we kind of stalled on wedding planning, but this weekend we actually booked our venue. So we have a date. Oh. Um. Yes. So October 2023 will be the day or the month. Um. But it, it's going. It, it's a very overwhelming process. Uh,
0: but you know what? I feel like you can take some of the lessons that you took from Ryla and <laughs> apply them to <laughs> this large project, right?
2: Probably, you know See,
0: look, I'm I'm sure, look at that.
2: I'm sure that I could. Maybe I need to put myself together a, a binder too. That might Ooh. be helpful
0: So so uh, so I'm I'm interested because this it's it's actually pretty rare that I get to talk to two people simultaneously who are both you know, either married or soon to be married to Rylarians themselves but they're not married to one another. Like (laughs) that's that's what we're we're, we're dealing with here. So would you recommend being engaged to a Rylarian to a friend?
2: 12 out of 10.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Josie, do you want to follow up
1: on that? Yeah. uh, I mean, no notes. Perfect. Perfect execution. 12 out of 10. (laughs)
0: Josie, I'm trying to earn you some brownie points here, dude. Like let me help you.
1: (laughs) I need all the brownie points I can get, but no, highly highly recommend uh, marrying a rylarian okay uh
0: Jessica Mays our guest
1: here on the Rylocast. Jessica we so
0: appreciate your time thank you for spending a little bit of your evening with us and uh best of luck with wedding planning and with uh and with uh, the 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 infancy and the growth of your your rapid rise in, of your career
2: thank you thanks for having me
0: thanks once again to jessica mays uh our guest here on the Rylocast. i like jessica she is a friend of mine and i think she's cool i'm on i'm on record saying that
1: ditto yeah
0: so um i've got the uh i've got i've got the ender i've got the the closeout and uh i've got a couple of things to talk about a couple of things um so i mentioned that football season is 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 coming up and uh and and for the, those i don't know every podcast is somebody's first and a lot of people haven't met me uh, i work in football i work in high school football and so it's about to be busy season for me and so football's on the brain is football on your brain
1: uh football's yes yes i do not work in football but football is on the brain uh, how are we feeling about clemson you know um to tie it back into your work with Football, I'm feeling real good about the backup quarterback situation.
0: Uh, Kate Clubnick,
1: Kade Clubnick, and see, I waited for you to say his name because I, I didn't told know if it was Clubnick or Klubnick.
0: That's nah, Clubnick. Uh, I know because I've had to say it a hundred times and I got corrected <laughs> on the air, anyway. All that is to say, um, that and, and by the way, for the K Clubnick. Klub, K Okay, he played for Austin Westlake. <laughs> now he's a, he's a, like a blue chip quarterback. Now he's at Clemson, uh, and and I want I want to go on the record here on this 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 um, podcast. I've gone on the record privately to you, mm-hmm. uh, but you can vouch for this. I told you very early on, like right after he committed to Clemson, I was like, "This kid is the real stinking
1: dude. You, yep, yep, yeah, I remember so, that.
0: Anyway, so if Kate Klemnick flames out on me okay so a couple of things that i want to um i want to recommend um so actually so we're, i guess we'll pull back the curtain here we're recording this um and uh, at a time where just yesterday i don't know if you saw the news uh that gary
1: gaines had passed away do you know who gary gaines is uh vaguely but uh for the sake of radio i do not uh, well done
0: G- uh, gary gaines uh was the former head coach of the odessa permian panthers uh, uh he was the head coach of the the friday night lights team
1: Lights. okay
0: um he was the head coach in, in 1988 when they went to the semifinals lost to dallas carter dallas carter was eventually stripped of the title but that was the the season that the movie uh and the book the book and then the movie were based off of um, in the movie by the way they say that that was the state championship game that was not the state championship game uh the state semifinal when they lost to dallas carter anyway that's <laughs> me correcting the record here on high school football this is a high school football podcast right anyway we're,
1: we're here for it yeah
0: um so it it got it got me thinking a little bit about about coaches and and coaches as leaders because i deal with a lot of coaches that's like one of my very large constituencies at my job is um is is texas high school football coaches and so i want to recommend a book it's actually a book by a um and because i really one of the things that i I really admire um about coaches is um there i I tell people a lot that that calling plays on friday night is about one percent of their job Uh, Part of it is that they have to be public school teachers in the state of Texas, um, or they have to be teachers, I should say, full time employees of of the school. So they're teachers first and foremost. Um, But then also just the ability to hold together a team, you're dealing with 15, 16, 17 year old, you know, boys who can be. Uh, often hard to, uh, to, to wrangle, let's say. And so I really admire, uh, coaches and, and what they, what they do. And I want to recommend a book actually by a guy who's not a coach, but a guy I've gotten to know a lot through my, um, through my, my work. Uh, his name is Stephen Mackey and he runs a, uh, he's a, he's a, uh, player development coach. He's like a personal development guy. Um, and he, he, along with a gentleman named Damon West wrote a book called The Locker Room. Um, it's called The Locker Room. It's about, uh, it's how great teams heal, hurt, overcome adversity and build unity. It's a real quick read, real quick read, but it is a really, it's a really interesting look. It's kind of a, it's, it's technically a fiction book, but it essentially tells a narrative of, um, that there is a, uh, that, that there's an offensive comment made by one of the student athletes. In the locker room and these four coaches, two white and two black coaches have to come together and sort this through and help the team work through it and work through. it. And it's really hmm. an interesting look at the ways that leaders are able to take the situation that's given to them, assess it um, in a clear headed way. And go about things putting even though there's there're times when the coaches are really emotionally charged over the thing, put those aside and figure out exactly what's best for the for the team as a whole. Um it's really it's really an interesting read and and, and like I said, it's a quick read. Um, but there's even a chapter, if I may tell you, chapter four is called Growth Takes Place Outside of Comfort Zones.
1: Okay. Does, does that sound familiar? I'm locked in yes. to the locker room.
0: Um, it's a, it's a good read and, and I would highly recommend it. It's, it's the locker room by, uh, uh my friend, Stephen Mackey, and it was co-written by, uh, Damon West. I would encourage you uh, to check it out simply. It's, it's, it's a nice narrative on, um, I think like an over overarching way of embracing, um, conflict, um, uh, recognizing what it is and finding ways uh, to work through it with a group, with a, a large group of people who maybe don't all see it eye, eye to eye. Um, I enjoyed reading it. I think you'll enjoy reading it too. It's called The Locker Room, so I hope you'll check that out. And that is what I wanted to say, Josie. Um, so now back to Clemson football. Are we going to win the ACC this year?
1: Well, thanks. Um, I really hope so. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like we've got it. Okay. We're making well, bold, bold claims. Yeah. We're going to win who, the who, ACC. Who,
0: who worries you in the ACC? Because I'll tell you who, who would worry me.
1: Well, I read uh, the headline of an article and it was like not so fast, everybody yeah. just because there's no Kenny Pickett. Watch out for Pitt
0: yeah, I think Pitt's gonna be okay dude I think NC State's gonna be pretty good
1: NC State I've got some I've got some hot opinions oh, on oh uh, really? on old Dave Doran oh yeah they it just a- seems like NC State's got our number.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they're tricky. They play a Texas team. I, they, I think they play Tech. Oh, they play, tech.
1: Um,
0: oh, they play okay. tech this year. That's why I know NC State's going to be pretty good. Anyway, um, that's enough college football talk. Football's <laughs> right around the corner, um, and 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 we will be here to cover it for you live on the RylaCast every time we ever come <laughs> Um Okay, uh, that's going to do it for us. We do thank well, you for,
1: for spending a little bit
0: of your day with us.
1: Quickly, can I, can I call for the ball? Can I interrupt you? We go live to Josieots. Thank you. Uh, We are approaching that time of year uh, where North Texas Giving Day is rapidly Uh, approaching. Yes, this year September twenty second, and if I can just do uh, a little plug, you know, you've heard from Greg that this is the official podcast of Rotary District five eight one zero uh and there's a foundation the Ryla 5810 foundation um or Ryla foundation whichever we're the only Ryla I believe in North Texas Giving Day this year and and if you are feeling in a giving mood we would appreciate your dollars any help any amount helps um camp is funded solely from the generosity of the rotary clubs in district 5810 but subsequent programs, whether that be Day 7, Winter Summit, uh, yearly programs throughout uh, the district and throughout the year, that comes out of the foundation's pocket. Um, all donations are tax deductible. And uh, for those unfamiliar with North Texas Giving Day, there's, there's thousands of charities that sign up. And it's, um, I believe, the single largest day of giving in the area Mm-hmm. every year that sounds right yeah so yeah that's that's my plug
0: um if i could also say while we're plugging ways to support ryla um yes. if you buy things on amazon mm. um you're familiar with this right yes um, if instead of typing in www.amazon.com if you literally just type in smile.amazon.com same website, like whole things, the exact same experience, but, um, a portion of the proceeds of the thing that you buy, they get donated to Rila. Um, so my charity is, uh, for, for me, whenever I buy things on, on Amazon, um, I give a little bit of money to, uh, to Rila. So that's, that is a, that is a no, like, that is not a low effort way of supporting Rila. That's like a no <laughs> effort way of supporting Rila. <laughs> It's like, it's actually, it's two more letters, I have to say. Smile instead of WWW.
1: Well, and as as someone who's hyper-focused in the the donor market for Ryla Mm -hmm. 5810, the uh, Amazon has now made that functionality available in their app. Oh. So for all of those who just scoffed at the idea of going to a website, um, there is functionality in the app where you can, select a charity of choice. So, that's an easy way to
0: to to help out camp. But yes, North Texas Giving Day is coming up on September 20 what now? 22nd. September 22nd. So, mark your calendar right now. Um get your Palm Pilot out. Put that <laughs> in your Palm Pilot. Um
1: okay, now can I do the outro? Now you can do the outro.
0: Okay. Thanks this thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us here on the RylaCast. Uh we hope that you will rate uh, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, give it like the five stars, uh, comment about it uh, on, on the podcast vendor of your choice, uh, and do tell a friend. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the RylaCast is Josie.
1: Well, thank you, Greg. Yes, this method comes to you from the Aboriginal people of Australia uh-huh. who have over 200 distinct languages between them. Uh, they, the Aboriginal people have carried carved or painted sticks to identify themselves and their announcements to neighboring groups as they travel. So as you travel to your neighboring groups, I encourage you to to write a picture on a walking stick and then explain that to your neighboring group as you show up to listen to the rila cast.
0: Do you see what happens when Josie takes a week off? Like he just comes up with like, the, he starts googling antiquated ways of 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 of, of communicating with people <laughs> oh what a show this is thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us josie thanks for your courage thanks greg we'll talk to you next time on the riling